From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, intraoperative depot steroid. 11% of patients older than age 80 failed to deliver the drops to the conjunctival cul-de-sac, and 61% scratched their cornea or the conjunctiva with the applicator. First this. I travel a lot. It's one of the perks of the work I do. As fantastic as Hangzhou or Jaipur or Barcelona are, I'm always amazed at how beautiful my own country is. Nowhere is this more in evidence than in Park City, Utah. Words truly fail. That's why I'm so happy that iWorld holds its surgical summit in Park City. Join me in this collegial, informal, and highly educational event in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Go to surgicalsummit.iworld.org. That's surgicalsummit, one word, iWorld.org. I'll see you on the slopes. At national meetings, and indeed in the context of this podcast, we often talk about new technologies to obviate the difficulties of patient compliance with medication. Usually this is discussed in the context of glaucoma, in which patients are using medications for long periods of time. But there is a period during which compliance with medication is even more critical. And this is, of course, during the patient's postoperative period. These are the patients least experienced in administering eye drops, and it is during this time frame that poor compliance poses the biggest risk. This is why there is so much interest in intracameral medication. Much ink has been spilt about intracameral antibiotics. Today we discuss an intracameral depot steroid administered during cataract surgery. My guest today, Ed Holland, has just published a study on a new steroid delivery system. We're going to be discussing a new steroid system, presumably on-label, for use after cataract surgery. Before we even begin to discuss this, I think it's incumbent upon us to describe a normal practice pattern. I prescribe a prednisolone acetate taper for several weeks after cataract surgery. Am I using this medication in an on-label fashion? Yes. I mean, that's that's what uh, that steroid was approved for. And if you follow the on-label instructions like uh, I'm sure you do, you, you are... I think a lot of cataract surgeons uh, have adapted, and there's different corticosteroids out there, and, and we know that patients you know, want convenience, so most of the on-label uh, approved steroids are for four times a day, and, and we found that with greater efficacy, patients can use you know, steroids less than that and still have good outcomes. So 
I think uh, I, I think most surgeons use these approved medications in an off-label um, uh, regimen. It, let me start out with this sort of bottom line question here. I already have a, a, a regimen that's effective in quelling post-cataract extraction inflammation. I, I already have a vehicle that works well, so I've got to ask, what's wrong with using topical prednisolone acetate? Why do we need an alternative? Well, there's certainly nothing wrong with that, Josh, and, uh, and it works well. But if you talk to patients, patients don't like to use topical medications. You know, if, if there was an alternative that could be safe and effective and they wouldn't have to put eye drops in their eyes, I think they we they like it. And, you know, there's lots of patient compliance problems in dropping eye drops, and there's you know several studies out. There was a study by Schwartz uh, that we quoted in, in our published paper that found out that 42% of patients have difficulty administrating medication uh, medication drops, and 18% touch their eye or their conjunctiva. In another study, 11% of patients older than age 80 failed to deliver the drops to the conjunctival cul-de-sac, and 61% scratched their cornea or the conjunctiva with the applicator. And then we know that there are patients who are physically unable to squeeze the bottle, you know, with, with severe arthritis. So there are compliance problems, um, and whether it's uh, whether the, the, the patients just forget or they're or they're physically unable to do it. So, I do think that an alternative um, delivery system that was safe and effective would be very well received by both patients and surgeons. And can I get you to describe this new steroid system? Is it a medication or a delivery device? So it is a. It's not a new medication. It's dexamethasone, but it's in a bioabsorbable drug delivery system that's injected in the anterior chamber uh, at the time of cataract surgery, giving uh, approximately a three-week uh, dosing of, uh, of dexamethasone. Can I get you to describe the design of this study? Was it strictly a safety study, or was efficacy evaluated as well? So this was a safety and efficacy study uh, of this antechamber uh, intracambral dexamethasone drug delivery system, and it was a prospective randomized double mass multicenter trial. And there were 394 patients that were um, enrolled, and they either received placebo or a five uh, microliter injection of uh, the placebo or um, dexamethasone um, in two different concentrations. What were your inclusion and exclusion criteria, and what were your main outcome measures? So the uh, inclusion criteria that patients uh, had a best corrected preoperative visual acuity of 2030 or t- to 2200 uh, undergoing phaco emulsification, and then they got randomized. And the primary outcome measure was anterior chamber cell clearing, with, which with a true true clearing of uh, uh, anterior chamber cell score of zero, so true clearing to zero. Um, and then, and that was on post-op day eight. And secondary outcome measures were anterior chamber flare and anterior chamber cell plus flare clearing. And then also we looked at ocular and non-ocular adverse events uh, as well. Ed, what were your results? What were your findings? So this certainly showed that the this new uh, drug delivery system of dexamethasone was both safe and effective. If we looked at the primary endpoint of, of interchamber cell clearing at post-op day eight, in the placebo group, 25% had clearing. In the um, in the two treatment groups, it was 63% and 66%. And those were the two concentrations were 
342 micrograms or 517 micrograms, um, and, and the p-value was 0 0.001. If we looked at the antechamber flare clearing, uh, let's look at the second another endpoint there, post-op day eight, was found in 63.8% of the placebo group and 92.4% and 89.1% of the eyes in the, uh, in the two treatment groups. What adverse events were observed? So we had this, the typical adverse events of you know blurred vision and mild discomfort and things like that, but there were no there were no differences in the three groups. This was a placebo controlled study. How does this medication system compare to conventional topical steroid administration? For example, the way that I prescribe for my patients. If you compare other uh, topical steroid trials, it, it favors very very well. So. Um, uh, you know, excellent control of uh, inflammation um, and IOP data, which is one thing that you might be concerned about, um, is is um, having an intracameral depo delivery. But the IOP data in terms of safety was also very, uh, very good. You demonstrated suppression of inflammation out to 90 days postoperatively. Does this mean that the subjects had some amount of steroids still present that far postoperatively, or simply that the inflammation was suppressed initially and did not recur? Yes, I think the latter, uh, Josh, was, was what we were looking at. So the question and the reason why the patients were followed for 90 days was really twofold. Was there any rebound late inflammation, which we did not see, and really, the 90 days was especially for the safety parameters. Did we see any problems like late IOP spikes or, 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 or other problems with, with the delivery? And we did not see that. And do you know for how long drug is eluded from this device? Well, that's kind of the beauty of the system. They, uh, the, 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 the delivery system can be manipulated so you can, you can kind of pick within a very short window whether you want a one-week, two-week, three-week, or even so in patients who are more high risk, you can consider six, eight, 12 weeks, right? So this trial and what will, you know, um, will be most, most likely for most surgeons is three weeks. That's kind of a, an ideal. And you get, uh, you'll probably have drug within a few days of, of, of three weeks short or, or, or past that. But I can envision another trial looking at more high risk patients in which you may want uh, the steroid longer, so patients with uh, you know chronic macular edema or uh, had high risk for macular edema. I understand the rationale of using a one-time administration of a medication by a physician in eliminating the uncertainty of patient compliance. However, the patient will still need to use postoperative antibiotic drops unless you're administering intracameral antibiotics. Is the intent in this context to administer this new steroid device in conjunction with intracameral antibiotics? Well, so we can kind of see what's going to be done now and then what's going to hopefully be done in the future. So I think there has to be a start of getting medications approved to get people off drops. And so this will be the first one. But we do know that many surgeons use intracameral moxifloxacin as um, as an antibiotic, and it's you know several studies that show it's safe and, and well tolerated, um, and there is going to be a you know a large clinical trial that's sponsored by ASCRS looking at its uh, efficacy, which which we, which we don't have yet, but um, we're very very excited about that. So um, so so we I, I think we'll get the the antibiotic um, approved because um, most of us believe it's 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 very safe and very effective. Now we have the steroids, so the third piece of the puzzle is to get the non-steroidal. But let's just say you get two, 
two pay, two of the three, and you have to use one drop. Well, the non-steroidal is once a day, so now we go from three drops that are more than once a day to to potentially now one drop once a day. And I'm convinced there'll be a, a, a method to deliver the non-steroidal as well, such as um, if we can't formulate it to be in the eye, uh, maybe a plug-to-plug delivery system of the non-steroidal, and so the patients won't take the drops. Those clinical trials are ongoing with plug-to-plug delivery and non-steroidal right now. You tested two different drug doses. The results seem to be very similar. Is there any rationale for using the higher dose? Well, it, it certainly looked like the lower dose had, had a, a, you know, similar efficacy. So um, and at this point, I'm not sure what the company's going to do, but uh, looking at the data, I think the lower dose, if it's, just, if it's in the same efficacy, you know, why not choose a lower dose? I know you can't give a firm answer, but do you have any sense of when this will be available commercially? You know, I, I, I don't know that. Um, I wish I had the answer. I think surgeons would be excited to get some experience from it. So um, I, I really can't give you an idea because I have not heard myself. And I want to thank you so much for the generosity of your time today. Well, I appreciate you including me, Josh. It's always a pleasure working with you. Ed Holland is director of the Cornea Service and professor of ophthalmology at the University of Cincinnati in Cincinnati, Ohio. His paper, Dexamethasone Intracameral Drug Delivery Suspension for Inflammation Associated with Cataract Surgery, a Randomized Placebo-Controlled Phase three Trial, appears in the June 2018 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Holland or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.